Hi, this is Steve Springer, and this is Worshiping God, God's Way. What did Jesus do? Jesus, for all of us, is the example that we follow. We feel comfortable and a little more secure about things when we see Jesus doing it. Like when Jesus goes out and feeds 5,000 people, that's a great thing to do. So many of us, some of us, go out and we feed people. And we pray for people because we saw Jesus doing it. We go out and we pray for people to be healed because Jesus did that and Paul did that. And so when we see Jesus doing things, it gives us that sense of uh, camaraderie. But when it comes to worshiping, what did Jesus do? That's the big question because most people say that to me. Well, where does it say Jesus did this? You know, Jesus gave us a world image. He gets the whole world in front of him. He gives an image of himself. It's a personal portrait of him, and everybody can see it. It's not hidden somewhere. You don't have to dig through a bunch of papers to get there. A lot of crazy hard things and read things that you don't understand to get there. Some things are just straight in your face. This is what Jesus did. And in Luke 22, verse 41... This is just one verse that is going to explain what Jesus did. This is in the New Living Version. And I chose this version, this translation, because of just the way they said it. They broke it down so it was a little clear, more clear than what we normally hear. They put a little more energy into it when they said this. So when they do it, it makes more sense. But it says that he, Jesus, he walked away from all of them and he went about as far as you could throw a stone. When he got there, it says he got down with his face on the ground and he prayed. The word for worship is prosukineo. We've talked about that. It means to bow down and like a dog who's coming to lick his master's hand, drawing close with a kiss. That's prosukineo. That's what they're saying in the first part of this verse. He got down with his face on the ground and prayed. The word for prayed is prosukamia. It actually means to supplicate, to pray earnestly, but it's also connected to the word prosukineo, worship. They're intertwined together. They work well together. It says here that Jesus prosukuneo prosukumia. He came down and he bowed before his father and he prayed. It's like saying that when you can worship prosukuneo and you can praise. People are seen like Paul and Silas in prison. They're bowing down and they're worshiping and they're praising. Well, here Jesus is bowing down, worshiping, and he's praying. Now, someone said to me one time, well, isn't there another verse? Where are the other ones? I said, well, there are other verses where it talks about Jesus praying. And when they use the word prosukamia, it's automatically saying that it is also a set, a piece of prosukamia. When Jesus prayed, there were times when he bowed down his face to the ground and he prayed. One person said to me right after this book came out, He sends me an email and says, you know, why are you talking about this? You know, the church has enough problems already. You're just making this worse. 
And I made me realize that, you know, people do ask that question. And they say, show me where Jesus did it, because they like to do the things Jesus has done. He goes out to feed people. They like to do that. He goes out to talk to people and teach. They like to go teach in the synagogues. They like to do that. He goes and he heals people, reaches out and touches, and their people are made whole again. They like to do that. And it's important to follow Jesus. It's also important to realize that Jesus was going to show us and be an example of true worship, what he was explaining in John 4. You know, worshiping God God's way, it is problematic. It brings conflict when you talk about it. It's costly to people. It breaks the traditions. You know, it rearranges the earthly patterns of our belief. When you read the story of Paul, when he's introducing the Messiah to a Jewish community, it starts to break and rearrange those earthly patterns and those traditions, and problems arise. They come out of that. We don't want to criticize people for not doing it. You can't criticize themselves because they say they're worshipers, but they don't worship. Paul wouldn't want us to criticize anybody. He would probably say, well, you can point it out because that's what he did through all the towns he went to, all the places. It was just an automatic thing because he knew God was jealous over it. He knew the implication of worshiping an idol or not worshiping at all. So we're actually faced with the same things. We just have to understand that the two words, prosukaneo and prosukamia, bowing down and worshiping and bowing down and praying, they're closely knit together. And Jesus did those things. Discovering worship, it's not a spiritual fix. It doesn't fix everything. And sometimes when we bring new ideas to the table, new theological ideas, new new teachings that we get, we bring it to the body of Christ and we try to bait them into thinking, this is going to fix you. We try to say, well, if you do this, you're going to be better off. It's going to be a good thing for you to do this. Realistically, bowing before God has very little to do with us. It is a place where for just a few moments... It's all about him, the depth of his majesty, the lordship that he carries, that the place where he lives, where he dwells. He's the leader of heaven's armies. You know, he's a creator of all things. And it comes down to a person like Mary who finds Jesus and makes everything about him. That's why worship is so problematic. I can get people to sing. I can play. I can play the most popular song. They will sing it. I can get people to give their money. I can explain to them what it, how it benefits them. I can talk people into going on a missions trip because it looks right, sounds right, and it is right. But I can't lead people to the altar of worship. I can't say to them, follow me because, because they themselves have to come as a worshiper. They have to acknowledge the depth. They have to acknowledge what it is, who they are, who the Lord is. I can't 
make a person come to the altar, but I can suggest to people by explaining it to them that this is here. This is a place for you. You can come and you can bow yourself and wait at his feet. That's why he created this place, this altar of worship. That's why he's going to look at it and count the people there. He wants you to understand the depth of the altar of worship. And worship is older than the books that we read that describe it. We've already said that. In Genesis 4.26, this is right after Noah's ark lands on the ground and the water is just evaporating. There's new land. There's new life. It's a fresh beginning for the whole world. And it says here, at that time, that very moment, people began to worship the Lord by name. Noah's family, Seth, would brought his family together And for the very first time, they gathered at an altar and they bowed before the Lord by his name. Now, Ephesians 5.10, Paul says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. I wrote this book because I believe that worshiping God God's way is the most important thing that a person who has been created and realizes who created them, that is the most important thing that they can do. 